0: Welcome to the Welsh Rugby Podcast from Wales Online.
1: Hello and welcome to the Welsh Rugby Podcast brought to you by Wales Online uh, and Gulliver's Sports Travel. I'm Ben James and today I'm joined by our rugby writers Matthew Southcombe and Simon Thomas. Good afternoon chaps. Good afternoon Ben. It's like having the grandchildren
0: round. <laughs> you know, look, you two young pups, here, yeah? at least when Andy Owl is here, I've got someone of my vintage. So I'm going to have to talk about the senties and leave you a blank faces, And you're going to have to talk about what's that internet thing and all these newfangled stuff. That's what we're all
2: so, for. Uh, what are going to talk about? Well, a bit of rugby, is no? Yeah. Oh,
1: right. well, now we've had the history lesson out of the way, I think we'll, uh, <laughs> we'll uh, move on to obviously the big story of the week, Cardiff mm, Blues. Yes. Uh, the news that Danny Wilson will not be staying on after next year. Uh, Simon, so if you'll just sort of explain... happened yesterday to be honest. Well this makes me
0: feel very old as well because we were working it out in the office this week and I mean I think I've reported on about a dozen different Arms Park, Cardiff coaches (sighs) in my time and when you consider that Dai Yang was there, it was one of them and he was there for the best part of a decade, you can tell that there has at various times been a lot of change and we've got change once again. I mean, Danny Wilson in in recent terms has had a a relatively, or will have had a relatively long stay. By the time he leaves at the end of this season, as we now know he will, he'll have had three years in the job. Um, You know, I speak personally, I've dealt with Danny a lot, not just as Cardiff coach, but uh, previously before that with Wales in the 20s and the Dragons and the Scarlets. I've enjoyed working with him, I think he's a fine technical forwards coach, set piece coach. Um, and I think there were some positive things he brought to Cardiff Blues in terms of when they were at their best in his tenure. They played some very good stuff. If you look at the demolition of the Ospreys on Judgment Day, and he's brought young players through, but it's going to come to an end, and people have asked the reasons why, and there's lots of different factors, but essentially finance is the biggest one. He had a three-year deal with an option to go for a fourth year. He sat down to discuss with the board, with the management plans for next season and when the playing budget the overall spend was outlined to him for next season he decided no thanks I won't be resigning and I say to say Matt he won't be short of offers elsewhere
2: No like you said I mean it's, I think it's widely accepted he's a, he's generally a good bloke and I think he's a very talented coach but I think you have to look at the results on the field as well and, and, and you ask yourself where's the, the progression in the last three years um, they're a mid-table team and, and you hoped that uh, Danny Wilson coming in may see them progress further up than that, or sorry, the old old mid-table. Obviously, has changed out with the conferences, but like you said, you know the finances. Um, we've had dis- discussions in the office this week, and reminds me, like I said, a lot of Cardiff City, the football team, for the last sort of three years, where you've got the finances are, are on the cutback. You've you've got a few different managers coming in, trying to change things with very little success, kind of. Just keeping their head above water, as opposed to progressing, um, and yeah, you can see why. To be honest, he he didn't want to take that extra year on. And and you talk about bringing in his replacement now. Um, that job's only going to attract, with all due respect, a certain caliber of coach. Yeah, Ben so, Matt,
0: we were talking about uh, Dai Young today. Dai Young has come out. And revealed though he's having to sort of trim his squad at Wasps, former, former Cardiff coach Ty Young, mm. trim his uh, squad at, uh, at Wasps because of a playing cap in England of seven million. Mm. What the Welsh regions <laughs> yeah. would dream for well, a seven yeah. million wage cut. I mean, give you the figures: Cardiff Blues' current salary uh, playing budget is around about four point nine, four point nine five million. Um, it would have been a couple of hundred thousand more, but for the release of Franco Van Der Merwe for financial issues, financial. Problems, difficulties, constraints—whatever you want to call Uh, it—and next season, the offer on the table that was made to Danny was like, "We we can give you a a playing budget of 4.8 million and a bit more for um, coaching, uh, investment, management, investment." You know, it's it's a long way shy of what he would be involved in if he went to England. And we know about the talk of him being of interest in Northampton as a forwards coach, I'm sure other clubs in England, maybe elsewhere will come knocking. And this is the reality of it, that at present, you know, it's a difficult time. We hear that most of the the professional teams in Wales will probably make a loss this year. Uh, There are limitations because at the end of the day, if Cardiff Blues are going to spend more than that 4.8 million, it's only going to come from one place and that's the pockets of Peter Thomas, who's Mm. put millions and millions into it over the years. He feels that he's not in a position where he can do that. He, he, he will tell you that he feels the funding model in Wales is not right in terms of the amount the Welsh Rugby Union put putting compared to how much, for example, the Irish Rugby Union put into the pro game there. We go round and round and round, but at the end of the day, we have limited resource in Wales, and ambitious coaches who want to achieve things might feel, well, I'm not going to stay under those circumstances.
2: Yeah, I think that van der Merwe thing probably... Um, summar, sums it all up he's probably banging his head against the wall when that happens because the Blues have had a problem at second row for as long as you can remember and, mm. and you just think, right sort it out this summer and it's still not been sorted they had Van der Meer coming in who's a good player and before he's even pulled on a jersey they've got to let him go for financial reasons mm. and Wilson must be looking at that thinking well I'm being cut off at the knees here Um and if an English club came in for me and I was in his position, I'd certainly consider it.
0: The other thing is not just the fact that the budget would be four point eight million at a you know, a nudge under what it is now, but he went through in the summer, having been told his playing budget budget was gonna be X mm. and then having to make um cuts on that and we were told it was quite close to maybe some other people going before the South African T V money came in. You know, yeah. you could have had others going. So he might be thinking, Well, what's to say that in a year's time or six months time, men are going to get a knock on the door and say, Dan, I'm afraid you're going to have to maybe release another players. It's yeah. tricky, isn't it? Mm. You want sustainability and certainty. But I will tell you this, there will there will still be a lot of people after that job. There's not many professional <laughs> coaching jobs in Wales. Yeah. They won't be short of applicants, whether they will be able to get the kind of applicant they would want. That's the other
1: matter. Mm. You just said that there will be a lot of applicants. And you alluded to it earlier, Cardiff City, that's what they're like.
2: Yeah.
1: You two have a name in your head who can be that Neil Warnock and break the cycle?
2: <laughs> you suggested Neil Warnock. Here, yeah, Neil Warnock.
1: Listen,
0: <laughs> <laughs> he's off his Name. He's a different kind of creature. I mean, we've named a lot of people in the office. I mean, I threw the name of Jonathan Humphreys in there because if you look at his track record, a lot he ticks a lot of the boxes, doesn't he? You know, number of years at Cardiff, former Cardiff captain as well as Wales captain, has gone away, coached at the Ospreys uh, as a forwards coach, has gone to Scotland, helped in their improvement. Mm. Now at Glasgow as an assistant. In many ways, would tick the right box. Stephen Jones, an assistant at the Scarlets, it would be in terms of theoretical pecking order a step up. Mm. But I don't think those people would come no, on board, wouldn't. and they, you know, because they will look at it and they will say, well, "How secure is? It? How certain is yeah. it?" So you might have to look at somebody else who's really looking for. A real fast tracking in their coaching career, and you can't get much fast more of a fast track than going straight from being a player. We talked about people like Matthew Reese, you know, your former coach, Quinterclean yeah, Matthew. I tell us all about him. Once time. Gethin Jenkins. Now, I think Gethin, you know, is the kind of person who knows rugby inside out. Yeah. I've always thought he's the kind of person who could become a very good defence coach because he kind of he kind of is on the field already. But it's, you know, and, and there is precedent for it. In 2002, who took over straight from playing to become, you know, Cardiff Blues' most successful coach? Dai Young. You know, I'll never forget. I was in uh, the Lions in 2001, and uh, Dai was out there, just coming to the end of his playing career. And I said, Dai, Cardiff Blues have appointed a new coach. And I said, what's his name? So, said, Rudy Joubert. I said, where's he come from? He said, Boland. What? Poland! Poland! (laughs) You couldn't believe what was going on. Rudy Gipay, one of the 12 coaches who's been under under Peter Thomas. That ended it after a year. Dai came in, very tough times initially, but brought success for Cardiff Blues over the years. Now, do they go down that route again? Place their eggs in a basket of a young, up-and-coming coach?
2: This is is where they are, though. You're not going to get an established name in that job at the moment, I don't think. Just because, like you've mentioned, there's no security there. Yeah. There's, the finances are obviously not there. Um, and I just don't think it's an appealing job to somebody who's got a reputation and a proven track record. And And you look at somebody like Stephen Jones and Jonathan Humphreys, we've mentioned, um, yes, they would be good candidates, but their stock, particularly Stephen Jones at the moment, his stock is through the roof, given what he's done at the Scarlets, Is he mm. going to put that on the line to take up what some would perceive to be a Poison Chalice at the Arles Park? It's a tricky one. Probably not.
0: I'll throw a couple of other names at you. Simon Easterby, has yeah. experienced, knows the Welsh game inside out, a number of years with the Scarlets, has obviously been on the island, quite successful them as a defence coach. Does he fancy a number one job again? Another name I'll throw at you, Mevin Davis, who's you know, developed steadily as a development coach. Yeah. You know, the Ospreys, um, Gloucester and Worcester, would he fancy it? You Realistically, you're going to probably get people who are after that first number one job. This is the thing. So you're gonna have to really look at it and say, who do we think could do this? Or, or the other option, is you go to someone who perhaps isn't quite as aware of the background, and that means probably going to the southern hemisphere. Go abroad, yeah. You know, they they tried that with Mr. Hammett, though, didn't they? You know, <laughs> yeah. as was pointed out to me, they had the hammer, so perhaps now they should go for the mallet. Nick Mallet. Yeah, well, and then he's an intelligent man; he'd certainly sort of be interested in coming in. But listen, we've had there's so many usual suspects get mentioned. John Kirwin gets mentioned. Yeah. All, there's a lot of them people who've done lots of different jobs. But then again, how much money they got to spend on this position as well? It, is, but, hey, listen. We'll be we'll be having this conversation for a few months because you've got this really unusual situation where I mean, Mr Wilson is gonna be in
2: charge. Well I mean what do you make of the timing of this? Plus well,
0: that's, that's another thing. Oh. Yeah. Will he be
1: will he keep his job for the whole year?
2: Well, I'm is. trying
0: to think of it. I'm trying to think of you have this in, with with players, don't you? You've got it with Daniel Bigger. You yeah. know he's gonna go. It's slightly different. I can't really recall a situation where a coach has been this far in advance. I've told people he's going now Razi Erasmus, isn't it? The Munster coach oh, so, yeah. is, is with them for the first half of the season. They seem to be coping okay with that, but to go through the whole season, especially given the you know, they've got a difficult start of the campaign, three three defeats in a row ahead of the game against connaught So obviously results go badly. You know, you know what, what would the players be thinking at this moment? You know, it's, it's not you know, just
2: that. I mean, like we said, there are players out of contract as well. Twenty. 20 players have so, a contract. So are you going to sign a new contract until you know where your boss is going to be next year? Probably not.
0: No. I was talking to um, a player, just chatting off the record the other day, yesterday, and this is what they were saying. There's so many players have a contract, virtually an entire 15, and in a period of uncertainty, what are you going to do? So in a way, might it be better for them to reach an agreement and someone to come in? I mean, Danny's a very professional man, and he won't want to leave, you know, on a bad season. Mm. He'll want to do well, and... I noticed uh, Willis Haldaholo, who's quite active on uh, Twitter, he said, Willis. business as usual, he said a tweet today, <laughs> yeah. but it's not business as usual, is it, because you know, they beat Connacht last weekend, you thought maybe they'd turn a bit of a corner, and now uh, this bombshell's been dropped.
1: Yeah. Well, you've mentioned it there, they beat Connacht. Uh, mm. Believe it or not, there is action on the pitch at Cardiff Blues, not yes. just away from it, but obviously everything we probably could have talked about there now goes out the window because of the news after their first win of the season. But yeah. And
0: it's a nice, easy one no months away this weekend. So, you
1: yeah, know. What, what sort of reaction would you expect that. for that?
0: It's very really difficult. I mean, you learn a lot about the mood in that dressing yes. room from this weekend. If they go out and sort of carry on a kind of, you know, really dogged, they, were- they were great in defence against Colin mm. Farris, you know, and it's got a couple of good tries to so Hollow Hollow. Um, if they start falling off the tackles and if there's a b- ro- body language is wrong, you, you think, well, Maybe you do need to think about how long this can go on. I mean, it's yeah. a difficult one. I mean, Danny has a Danny won't want to, it to go wrong. he will want to, you know, it's his reputation, isn't it? You know, to show what he can do for the rest of the season. Because yeah. ultimately, he's kind of at, he's kind of in the market now, isn't he? You know? Yeah. Um, but it's very difficult. I mean, it's difficult to motivate players when you've told them you're going. I would on, have thought
2: on that though. It, I think the players need to take a certain amount of responsibility here as well. They they're professionals. They're contracted to represent the Cardiff Blues. And I think you're looking at, you know, internationals like people like Gethin Jenkins and uh, and the like when they come back, and the Gareth Anscombe and etc. They've got a responsibility and they've got pride in their, They should have pride in their work. You know, we've all we all do jobs and we all take pride in what we do. Um, and if people start falling off tackles just because the head coach is going, well, that probably says as much about you as it does about the situation. Yeah. I think they need to take this. And create a mentality around, you know, trying to put it to the back of their minds, which is easier said than done, I know. But I, I don't think if results start going and the attitude starts changing, it can all be put on this decision. I think players need No,
0: you're right. Although I think there is an element, isn't it, that sporting teams like to all look around and say, we're all in this together. Yeah. And if you know one of you's going, and it's not just one of you, it's the bloke who's trying to motivate you... Yeah. Hey, listen. We learn a lot about Danny's ability to keep things together, and of those players' attitudes over the, over the coming weeks. Mm. And of course, the week after the next, after this weekend, they've got the the big Dragons game, <laughs> the bouncing Dragons.
1: Yeah, exactly.
2: <laughs> I'm sure we'll come on to them soon.
1: Yep, yeah, indeed we will. But first, uh, we'll go to the Ospreys. So okay. from one coach leaving to another one who's uh, under some pressure on social media, at least. I did
0: notice go. some Steve Tandy's quotes. He said how, how good it was to be away for the week. You know? oh, I'm not surprised. Because uh, obviously what happened was they went to Italy last week, lost to Treviso, third defeat in the row. And then rather than coming home, the plan had always been that they go straight out of South Africa. Because this weekend, historic fixture. They're yeah. the first Welsh team to play one of the South African sides in the newly expanded Guinness Pro 14. They're away to the Cheetahs. We're in form, they've won two in a row now, After tricky start, they've beaten Zebra and a very impressive win over Leinster, Mm. so they're in Blomfontein this weekend and and it's it's going to be a tricky old game for them that is, and these are tough times for the Ospreys, tough times. You've watched them a bit, haven't you?
2: Yeah, I mean, you watched them on on last weekend and you just, the first thing that struck me was, and this is not a compliment at the moment, is they looked exactly like Wales in attack, Mm. so ponderous and devoid of ideas. Um, you've got Sam Davis trying to create things out of nothing um, and it goes wrong I mean we've seen that with some of the interceptions he's thrown this season already but it, there was just no there was just nothing happening there was nothing in them you know they lost bigger early on um, looked like at the time like he had some sort of knock to his back um, which is obviously a big loss um, that was his first game back since the Lions but, you know you need you need Webb then he was trying to do things he was industrious but that was really as good as it got for him Um, When you talk about Tandy being under pressure, I mean, you know, they lose again this weekend, which they may very well do, the people are going to go through the roof on this. There's a lot of Ospreys fans really The only thing I say about that, they've lost out in Italy, you know, if they've
0: lost out in Italy, what's going to get people to go through the roof more than that, you know? This is where things are now. I wasn't hugely surprised they lost. No, and that's that to me is an indicative of how things are at the moment. And I would be quite surprised if they won this weekend. I mean, listen, it's still a strong team. They've got, I mean, Alan Wynne-Jones is back to captain the side. Gosh, they need his talismanic influence. And Dan Bigger's been past fit to play. They've got James Hook in the centre. You know, they've got quality in the, in the back row. You know, James King is there. They've got Ollie Crackle who's been playing well this season. Nicky Smith's been playing.
2: They're quality players yeah. there. And Reese Webb, when you see yeah. that? That's what I mean. There's so many good individuals in that side. For them not to be performing, surely comes from somewhere else. And immediately, immediately, you start to look at the coaches, and you know you look at that scoreline, and, and the performance was as bad as the scoreline suggests. And you know you had Keelan Giles, you had one or two sparks. Um, as I mentioned, Reese Webb was trying, but apart from that, you just never thought they were going to win that game. And like you said, it, it is indicative of the way things are. The Treviso were the favourites for most of the build-up. And clearly, when they took the lead, that was it.
1: Is it fair to say it's almost a case of the Ospreys' coaching staff, they have a team of established stars. And they, they, it's, it almost looks as though they feel, well, we can put James Hook at the centre and it'll click. And, I, you know, I, I've done an analysis piece on Sam Davis, And what I noticed was... He's playing deeper than he normally does. And it's a, I thought it would be a confidence issue because that's when 10s drop deep, it's a confidence issue. What it is, is having to drop deep because James Hook is playing so deep yeah. that there's there's no link between 10 and 12. Yeah. And then you get to the outside backs and they're all playing laterally. Is is right, it just yeah. a case that they're just dropping players in thinking they can do a job there without having a real...
2: I mean, we've always had this with, with James Hook. He's been a victim of his versatility, hasn't he, over the years. Um, but you look at Friday night and you just think, I'm trying to think of something that he did, and and I'm coming up with nothing to be honest. Um, and I, you've got to begin to wonder what what the mindset of the players is. Um, do they still, you know, with all this stuff going on off the field with the fans? There were Ospreys fans who wanted them to lose that game because it would edge Tandy closer to the door. In theory, I mean, when that's going on, you've got real problems at, at a rugby team.
0: I've had people on social media to me when I said, "Who would you like to?" Uh be the Carlos Blues coach next season. I've had Osprey's fans saying Steve Tandy. You know, it's not nice for the coach to hear things like that. It's you know, not. Steve's a good honest genuine bloke, you know, but at the moment it's not happening for his team. You mentioned the centre. Centre has been an issue for a while down there. You know, the, the Matavesi. You know, was a solid player for them, and he, he gone to Newcastle. Um, they've obviously brought in Corey Allen. Um, we're waiting for Owen Watkin to come back, but it's it's been a problem area for yeah. You know, they a got Fonatier
2: as well. Kieran Fonatier uh, was tearing it up for the Crusaders. Really happened as he If they
0: don't
2: get in the team, and he's not. But well, he
0: wrote team. a piece which I think got a few. Uh, Ospreys fans and question, one of us did about the oh, yeah. the, 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 the recruitment of the Ospreys yeah. and comparing it to the Scarlets recruitment. And it's factual. You look at the, the the Kiwis have come in for the Scarlets and they hit the ground running. It's worked for them. And the Ospreys, the team most associated with bringing in real top quality overseas players during the regional era, the Galacticos it's not really happened in recent years no. for them they're at a crossroads, they yeah. really are and obviously it's been
2: accentuated by the fact that just before the season, Tandy was given a new contract Yeah, I mean, everyone's got a view on that I think as well, the Ospreys have historically had it good as well their fans, well, a fair bit of success down there and they're going through a tough period at the moment and perhaps you know the, the fans, are, are the first, certainly for, you know, for the first time in the last few years have lost faith in tandy, and like you said, he's got a contract till 2021. Now.
0: Yeah, the thing is, you look at that conference A, conference one, what you call it, which both the Ospreys and the Blues are in, and you're struggling at this moment in time to see either of them get into the top three. Mm. You really are. I mean, the Cheetahs looking like they're going to become an increasing force, and then you've got Glasgow and Munster in that section as well. It's going to, and the Cornwall, who won't be easy you know, to play no. against. So, yeah, it's. Um, the two, really in theory the two
1: big city clubs in Wales yeah. uh, they're both it's, it's not going to get easier for no, the Ospreys if they lose on uh, tomorrow that's first they time the Scarlets. yeah Scarlets, then Clermont Saracens it would be the first time if they lose tomorrow they've lost four on the bounce in the league since 2003
0: oh, so that's tune out now if it was an Ospreys I know <laughs> I tell you
2: what you, you listen to those fixtures they've got coming up and you just cannot see where the next win is coming from you can't and you've got to put it on like I said earlier I don't like putting all blame on coaching staff and players have gotta take responsibility as well. And there are enough experienced players in that site to take things by the scruff of the neck. Um, but as we've talked about as things, you know, look at the Sean O'Brien stuff with Rob Howley. When players start taking control of things, what does that then begin to say about the coaching staff? You know, but you know, you've got Reese Webb, Alan Wynn, Dan Bigger People like that should be taking control of the situation now, getting the boys in and saying this is not good enough. This for the reason that has had so much success in the past. The fans are angry. The coaching staff are under pressure. I would like to see the leaders in that team begin to grab things. Back well, them. I don't you going to
0: mention it, Ben, but when, you, 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 when you're talking leaders, you, you don't talk anyone more illustrious, really, than Alan wynne yeah. you know? The stat we've got this weekend, this is his 100th time captaining. Yeah. in... The Ospreys. Now I remember we used to do stories when people played 100 games for a region mm. to be captain for 100 times. It's like when um, Richie McCaw was captain of the New Zealand for 100 times. It's an amazing achievement. and it, It's a reflection of what a wonderful servant he's been for his region. You know, We talk a lot about some Wales players perhaps not producing for their region what they do for their country. Well, you yeah. we could never accuse Alan Wynne of no. that. Um, and to have been captain for as long as he has a leader for so much, and he, he he won't have, li- have liked no. being involved last weekend against Treefield coming off the bench and seeing what the problems are, and I can imagine his pre-match talk
2: yeah. ahead of
0: the game at the Toyota Stadium in Blumford, that could be quite, uh, quite,
2: quite fiery. Well, yeah, if anyone, you know, you talk about players, I was talking about players grabbing the situation by the scruff of the neck, if anyone is going to do that, the first person you would call on is Alan Wynne-Jones. So, Let's see what happens this weekend.
1: And the second one would surely be Dan bigger. And as he's yeah, returned with yeah. And
2: I mean,
0: he's obviously struggling last weekend. Um, yeah. Again, we, we come back to what we talked about, Danny Wilson. The difficulty surrounding knowing a player's leaving at the end of the season. But you know, I said before, Bigger's a, a born competitor and a fighter. He doesn't like losing rugby no, matches. He, he, he doesn't like it. And uh, he, you know, he will be yeah. absolutely desperate to try and help turn things around for the Ospreys. Mm. But it's a tough game it
1: is tough it is. cheer us up now come on I'd love to but we're going to move <laughs> on to the Dragons <laughs> oh, now that's, I, that, I know they lost but it could maybe. get a lot better this weekend
0: they got the other South Africans good. which is good <laughs> this, that is good news It depends but how you look on it
2: it does yeah I mean the, fir- the first thing i got to touch on this 13 changes thing I mean please do I wasn't very pleased when I saw that I can understand the rationale and I know why he's done it Um, but if I was a Dragons fan particularly one that had travelled I know, know I'm not saying they went over there in their thousands but you look at it and you just think, what what has he learned by putting those players out on the field against Ulster? I
0: think it was Andy Ward, wasn't it? The former Ireland flanker, Ulster player, um, who was very critical um, in the I think the BBC Northern Ireland coverage of the mm. game. Obviously, we're talking about the, the game is Ulster where they shipped how many points? 50 plus points? 50 plus. 52. Yeah, and, he, and he's, he was very critical and he said they weren't up to the level you would expect from a professional rugby team. Now, Jackman has been... Um, quite straight about all of this he's come in as a new coach and he needs pretty rapidly to see exactly what he's got and he's tried to utilise the squad now he has made the kind of decision we see in sport quite a lot he's looked at the fixtures those first six weeks and he's probably seen that one Ulster away in between the week before a Cardiff Blue, the week before a home game against Southern Kings, we would yeah. think that's a good chance for Target a win. That. And then the Blues the following week. He would say out of those games, the one I'm, you know that's going to be toughest is Elstern. You either go into the Elster game full bang, try and you know make it competitive and run the risk of injuries and fatigue, or you do what he's done. He he's said, right, I'm going to swap things around, keep some players back, and and see what I've got in my squad. Now he will have learnt what he's got in his squad. He's alluded to it already this season, hasn't he? Talked about, you know, he 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 hasn't had an impact of the bench that he would like in certain occasions. He clearly now is pretty clear that he's probably got, you know, a a steady twenty there, isn't he? Twenty odd players, and there are probably others who maybe thinks he's not quite up to it, but he knows he's also going to get got through the season utilizing those. So it's a difficult one, but. you can see the criticism but you can also understand his rationale for doing it
2: yeah of course you can but I mean you know like you said it's not the first time he said I need to see the player and he's not the, the, the first time he's dug out the yeah. players for, for a result I think we're at the point now where that excuse will no longer wash I and mean, he's just going to have to tell us as it is if he's targeting games that's fair enough they want to make Rodney Parade a fortress this season fair enough yeah um, but don't I don't think he can pull the wool over anyone's eyes any longer and say I need to see what's in my squad like he just needs to yeah I think he would
0: he probably would turn around and say look well I need to rotate as well yeah. I need to rotate and, yeah, and you need to be realistic about matches I mean this is a start of a project isn't it
2: you don't, you don't rotate 13 players in one goal though. I, I get that but I I don't exactly. think he alluded
1: you're... to the Irish teams when he said about depth but mm. you mm. rarely see an Irish team or any other rotate that heavily
2: yeah. is
1: is I understand, you know, people like Gavin Henson have yeah, played I think 240 I was minutes. looking at,
0: um, I think it's the Glasgow team this weekend. Dave Rennie has made some like seminary changes because they've got a game against at home That's for Treviso. That's
1: rotation, but.
0: What what, what, <laughs> what Bernard did was.
2: <laughs> away you go. It. Yeah, it almost <laughs> slightly
0: was. thrown to the lions a bit, wasn't it? It
2: was. Uh, you know, let's I've I've been impressed with Jackman so far. He's, he's He seems to me to be the right man for that job so far. Um, very open, very honest with the press, but. I think that is the first time I've thought I'm not sure I agree How with How
1: many that. more times do we see him doing this? Because obviously well, I think he might have learned <laughs> well, that's the thing, because in preseason he sort of he said that I could have signed anyone really. Yeah. I think it'll be a bit more mix and match next yeah, time. I don't think there aren't
0: that many again. occasions this will happen because you, before too long we'll be into Europe. Then we'll be into the Autumn International period where they're actually in a, in a much better position in the Autumn International because they have much less fewer players away. Yeah. So they, they, I don't think it'll happen too extremely like that. I mean, the other one, which we, 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 we spoke to him about this week, which is... But very, quite contentious from uh, our, our good friend Martin Williams mm. who, who came out on the subject of Oli Griffiths and uh, said that if Ollie um, wants to play for Wales maybe he should consider moving elsewhere and he talked maybe if he was playing for the Scars or the Stars was very interesting I found that because I mean I think Oli Griffiths is a player of real talent yeah. can play in a number of positions across the back row yeah. probably probably best at the open side and so. the whole yeah. issue of like it, the suggestion was almost there that if you want to achieve on an international basis, it's probably not the best idea to be with the Dragons. What do you think about that? Well, you
2: right Dan Lydiate and Falateo never had a problem. Well, I, mean, I know we're talking about special players there, but well, I think um, Ollie Griffiths is young. I think the Dragons are going to improve significantly in terms of recruitment next summer. Um, I don't think they're going to be uh, in a rut. For as long as some people might think, uh, I, I see where he's coming from, um, but I don't. I think if you if you lose Ollie Griffiths from that region, for example, then it's like taking two step two or three steps backwards. That is exactly the kind of player they need to keep hold of. Mm. Young international potential, as he's already shown. He's already you know he's been on the Wales tour, um, and he's already capped in the region. So you don't want to be losing players like that.
1: You mentioned Falato there. Is there not an argument that? Certainly with him, less so with Lydia, that... He elevated his game when he left the Dragons for Bath because when he went to but obviously at the Dragons, you know, he's taking the ball off the back of a, a scrum that's going backwards. Yeah. At Bath, you know, he, he's in the system. She he's played that
2: a fair few times for Wales as well, Mike. He's 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 playing
1: in a in a wider system and getting the ball. Yeah, in a wider the difference
0: channels. is with all well in the world, Ollie Griffiths is not going to go in and be a first teamer for an, an Aviva Premiership no. leading side, is he? There's, this, there's, is, even this the is the thing. This is the thing. Where would Ollie actually go?
2: There are different stages of their careers. You aren't know, there? where would
0: he go where he would be playing first team rugby? He mentioned the. Scarl-
1: Scarlet's. would he get into the Scarlets?
2: Not.
0: Well, not oh, when Cubby, moments, not when Cubby uh, Boy uh, and Shingler, and, and Barkley are all playing. Uh, realistically, no. I mean, you
2: look at the Blues and you know now the Blues, you know are the blues now the Blues, can do with him. But when they're all fit, <laughs> <laughs> that's a difficult back road. To hey, play listen, uh, to. Let,
0: him, let him stay at the. Yeah, uh, again, I, let, I would like him, to him, him stay, stay there. Let him develop. Would. You know, let, and you know, at the end of the day, he's employed with the WIU now, isn't he? There you are. That's very good. point There you go.
1: Where are we going next? I think we'll briefly look at the Southern Kings game and then we'll uh, head on to the Scarlet. Southern Kings haven't been very good, at they? No. To say the least. No.
2: Like you said, this is a game that the Dragons should really have in their diaries as one with a big W and a question mark next to it, I would have thought. They'd be pretty shocking, really, haven't they? Yeah. They
0: lost it on to Zebra. They lost it on to Zebra, didn't they? Yeah,
2: well, <laughs> they, they did, made, didn't, uh, they didn't they? Made Carlo they made <laughs> Carlo <laughs> Cannon look <laughs> like Dan Carter. Well, there's not many teams that can do that, is there? That was I think it was the only the
0: second or third time in pro rugby history that uh, Italian teams both won on the same weekend. Well, well Thank you very much. I'll, long, I'll keep that, on you. <laughs> but starts, look it's the day.
2: this is a this is a game that the Dragons should win. Um, mm, yes. they, they should they should certainly be targeting it and I'm sure they will be. Um, there's enough quality in that Dragon side now to be putting away teams that have played as poorly as the Kings have. Um We've seen it in flashes from the Dragons. Um, The games that I've covered, I look back at the Edinburgh game where they were beating it on the scoreboard quite well in the end, but during the game they showed some real attacking intent. Uh, They showed a bit of heart early in the second half when the game could have got away from them. Um, The game spun on that disallowed try with Hal once his foot was in touch, but I'm seeing enough from the Dragons to keep giving them the benefit of the doubt at the moment and keep saying that when it comes to games like this, that they've got enough to win it. Yeah, I'm so, making
0: my uh, Rodney Parade debut this week, Matthew, and uh, I'm looking forward to seeing you know some of the kids down there. Mm. Elliot D. You yeah. know, it was, it went really well, and they beat Connor. Ashton Hewitt, it's great to see him back playing rugby again after such a long layoff with yeah. the head injury. Halemimos back as well. And we talked about Ollie Griffiths. You know, I'm excited about seeing them play, and I'm excited about experiencing the Rodney Parade atmosphere because yeah. you know, our colleague Andy Howell tells it's, us uh, something, wasn't something. different, 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 different gravy, different like it in Wales. I went down like. Interestingly,
2: I do enjoy that ground though, all jokes aside. Yeah, it is good. It is, and and if if the atmosphere is as Andy says it is and and the crowds are coming back, then it'll be a great place to watch rugby. Yeah.
1: So, finally, if they do get the win, does that
2: completely justify the 13 changes in your mind? Uh, I don't think it will. In my mind, uh, it probably will in Bernard Jackman's, but only he can answer that. Uh, but
0: no, it I, means we'll talk about it less.
2: Yeah, it, it does. I, I, I mean, if they lose, I'm not saying it'll set the agenda for next week, but it'll certainly be thrown at him by somebody, uh, perhaps me, but perhaps not. But yeah, I, I just think that, you know, he's he's not done anything wrong there. Um, if you look at the rules, it doesn't say you can't make that amount of changes. It just doesn't quite sit right with me well I
1: think we've learned from that cricket story in Pembrokeshire it doesn't matter what's in the rule you can still be punished
2: well I got my views on that but we won't go into the cricket story it's not a cricket podcast it's a rugby podcast
1: so we'll finish with the Scarlets a convincing 28-8 win over Edinburgh but Mm. as ever the case with Richard Cockrell some uh, comments afterwards about the referee. You yeah. said he spiced
0: the league he up, too. not he? he has spiced it up. You know, it's quite interesting. People were saying, like, oh, he's oh, you know, three or four weeks in and he's complaining about an Irish referee. And it's a welcome to <laughs> well, our world. Well, welcome to the Pro 14. Welcome to the Pro 14. <laughs> was Mr. Lacey? Yes. Listen, I watched that game. Well, in particular, I watched the sending off. We looked mm. at that together, didn't yes, we? Yes, I, yes. I initially called it an orange because I wasn't quite sure. Orange card, yeah. more I looked at it. You know, at the end of the day, I think it was Rizzo, wasn't it, the Italian um, yep. prop? Came in, um, essentially led with his shoulder, led with his uh, f- so f- upper arm sh- into the head of Gareth Davis, and it was a red card. In fairness to Crocker, uh, that wasn't particularly what he was complaining no. about. Uh, it was it was a sp- specific incident with the second try, I think it was, where he felt there was a blatant crossing. But uh, what seemed to be more interesting was uh, more, you know telling really was his comment. they said the suggestion that his Edinburgh players were not being treated the same way by the referee in terms of the, uh, being able to speak to him now—that's quite, uh, quite a serious
2: claim, allegation. really,
0: isn't it? You know, um, listen—they were—they were—they were the beaten side last week. And what's happened with Edinburgh? They've had a clearly had a bit of a honeymoon period, and Cockerels come in. They won at the Arms Spot. They had a couple of good wins. Mm. Last couple of weeks, he's got a bit wobbly, shaky.
2: Pretty much since I picked them up on the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> they've lost uh, like two games on the bounce. And you know, Cockere- have, you any, have you got
1: any other teams you'd like to no. promote? I better keep my mouth the shut. Cheaters? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, the cheaters, <laughs> you know, cockerel, you know,
0: wouldn't wouldn't like it really. He's no. obviously come out fighting No, um, but you know, from the Scarlets' point of view, after a frustrating night, I think you could call it in Belfast, where they were, you know, they looked like they come back and they're going to win the game. A great mm-hmm. purple patch in the second half. Lost the game eventually. They needed to get back on the horse with a good solid win, and they did that. Um, I think uh the try at the end, I think, Steve, uh, Aaron Shingler's uh, try. That, was, yeah. that to me summed up everything that's good about yeah. the Scarlets, the way they kept the ball alive. Beautiful try. It's what they can do while the weather is dryish. They've got to really make the hay because that's going to be obviously when they going to be the most effective. And um, now, Connaught this weekend. um yeah. Yeah. Obviously, connor the tricky start of the season. Uh, they can keep the momentum going, the Scarlets. And uh, as we've said all along with them, Key that they keep certain key people fit, really, yeah. isn't it?
2: Well, the, the I've got them down as the great entertainers. I, I've said for a while that I think they're the most entertaining Welsh region to watch. Like you said, so keep the ball alive. They've got the skill, and I think the tempo that they put on the game as well. I think that's what really kills sides off. Um, Gareth Davis, he I thought had a, good, didn't he? Had a very good yeah. game. Yeah, so it um, a bit of sense into him in there yeah. in a rugby way. Yeah, exactly. And uh, and just the tempo he brought just dragged the rest of the team with him. And as we as we've seen with Wales against Australia, for example, in the past, that when you put tempo on the ball is very difficult to defend. And and put on top of that, that the Scarlets have got some really talented backs. Then it's a real dangerous mix. And um, it's, it's interesting with Gareth, isn't it? Because he obviously had that fantastic
0: World Cup. Then Rhys Webb came back and. Mm. Gareth perhaps lost his form a little bit. I Watching him in that game, you know, he took that bang. He's a kind of feisty character, would have probably riled him up a bit. But you could sense that when he's at his best, best Gareth Davis, is when he's really taking on defences and yeah. you know asking questions of them, going in with his strength and his speed. And you were seeing that back here. And that's a big plus for the Scarlets. And the plus for Wales as well. Because
2: yeah. he's a different kind of option slightly to Richard, more of a physical character. Yeah, and you look, Great seeing back you to Look him at, well. um, I think it was Patchell's try. Davis takes a quick tap and makes about 40 yards yeah, just yeah. gets dragged down himself and you see him doing that kind of oh, thing a force of nature that is what you want Gareth Davis doing just going and backing himself, and when he's backing himself, he is a real dangerous thing You've player.
0: mentioned Patchell as well. He's had a great start to the season. Yeah, he really has. Yeah. You know, and I think he's got to be in consideration for the Welsh squad. He could play ten, fifteen. He could even probably put him in the centre, which is. Mm. You know, I, I think he's a he's. I have to take my hat off to the kid because um, we've talked before, and I I watched him play when he was at Escort Glantaff. Uh, gingerhead kid playing fullback and I thought for a long time fullback was his best position it's where Wales have played him he himself was adamant he wanted to play 10 that's why he went from the Blues to the Scarlets. Yeah. and in fairness to him he's, he's, he's really developed as a, a quality 10 working under Stephen Jones can't have hurt no. and, and you're seeing now he's controlling games making great decisions and he, for me he's got to be a contender for you know Wales 10 backup option maybe for bigger because we've talked about Sam Davis struggling a bit and I think if you're going to reward on form Patchell's
1: got to be considered Mm. so the final point on the Scarlets, obviously Edinburgh couldn't really live with their running game we saw the week before that Ulster dealt with it very well in that first hour and they probably forced Scarlets into a lot of mistakes it's the first real test of that running game do you think Connacht can do something similar no
2: I don't think they can live with it no I really don't I mean for Scarlets. The only way Conor win this game is if the Scarlets have an off night, in my opinion. And going
1: um, forward beyond that, is that a worry then for the Scarlets, in coming back to the Ulster game, where they didn't really have a plan B? Uh,
0: Ulster frustrated them at the, at the contact area, I thought, for yeah. a, a, lot, a large part of that they, game. They tried to run and to i tell the you the other thing, that game, they, they targeted um, the Scarlets' defence down Johnny McNichol's side. Um, McNichols had a fantastic start of the season in an attacking sense, but a couple of times in that, in that game you felt he was a bit shaky down there. So not, that, they're going to have to look at that area and then probably supporting him out in the wide positions. Yeah. But the good thing is, you see, that they started the season so well. And in a way, it's quite useful when teams then bring things to you that cause you a few problems because yeah. you think, right, yeah, I can see what teams are going to do now, they're going to target that area and Wayne Pivak is an intelligent rugby coach and you will think right now we address those problems they're addressing things from a position of strength which is a good place to be
2: yeah it's better to be it's better to be someone trying to change the game because of how well you've played as opposed to be yourself trying to chase other people around it's
0: the ultimate compliment there's no it? yeah it is when teams try and bring things to counter you you know, rather than just focusing themselves.
2: The only the only way teams will stop the scarlets at the moment is if they stop them playing. And if teams are trying to stop you from playing, then, like Simon said, it's the ultimate compliment.
0: And quick word on this boy Burn in the second row. How well oh is he, how well, well, as he's playing, it's incredible. incredible. You know, what a miss, you we, we, what a Welsh miss? rugby. Welsh rugby. Scarlets rugby has done Irish rugby a big favour there Massive. because they yeah. hadn't really realised what they'd got. No it's going to be a hard man for him to play, replace if he does go to Munster no, here.
2: you go back the, my, the first time he stood out for me was Toulon home last year and a lot of players stood out that day but he was phenomenal and then he played a crucial part in their running um, obviously to the title and he's just picked up this this season where he left off last year, and you just think it is a matter of time before. I, he I have not
0: it. seen a second row as good over the ball like him before. Yeah, Honestly, and he
2: got the most turnovers. Out Absolutely so extraordinary. Physical, yeah. Yeah. I think he's been man of the match at least I mean, two of the games. You would have thought when you're that big, you're quite easy he's to clear. Clever
0: away, as well he's so quick, you'll flick the ground first and you get away with it. You play. I, to the, I've you seen. Play I've to seen, seen to a lot, lot
2: of it. people sort of
1: question his. Hey, listen, track listen, you. until you get peanuts <laughs> you keep doing it. You know, he's clever. The way does it, he's so quick. That's the key. So, before we go. finish, I think we'll just ask you two to put your neck on the line with some predictions. Nice. Starting with the Cardiff Blues.
2: they are they going to lose? Can't see it either, to be honest. They're going to lose. I think I think they will be brave and turn in a performance um, that will prevent us from questioning their mindset, but I think they will still lose.
0: Munster will be looking to bounce back after last weekend, mind you. Yes. Took a bit of it. Beating against Glasgow. You not, know. It's
2: not a very nice place to no, go.
0: Is is Limerick when they cross,
2: especially when they're angry. When they cross, yeah.
0: yeah. yeah. But
1: but the key we said. Let's see what the attitude is. When yeah, lose. So from one team bouncing back to another, what about the Ospreys?
2: Oh, they will lose. <laughs> I, I do want to back them, but I mean, I just can't. I can't see it happening. For
1: some reason, I, I'm trying to stay impartial. For some reason, I. Looking at the names on that team, I just feel maybe there's a performance there.
2: See, like I said that to you but before. But then you,
1: you'd have said that maybe last week. I said week it before. to you
2: before the Treviso game. <laughs> I said that Ospreay side should put 30 points on Treviso, and look what happened. So In the same
1: you know, way, like Wales bounced back against Ireland, I just feel enough criticism on them players. From external yeah, forces, I mean, and they I, might You always
2: to. say about Wales that I always think they're best when their backs are against the wall. But they need they need that to perform almost. It's. I don't think I, I don't think that sentiment stands for the Ospreys. So for me, I think it's just going to go with form. Right, so we're zero for two, Dragons. Oh, they'll win. I'm backing the Dragons as good. well. Backing yeah, we'll the Dragons,
0: win. yeah, because they're they're a team we've already shown at home when they have got their strongest side out, they're decent, and they're up against a team that ain't very good
2: that's the crux of it and like you said they are under pressure to, to win this game given what Jackman did last week with the, with all the changes so back in front of their home fans as well don't see any reason why they won't and finally the Scarlets um, won't be easy but mm-hmm. I think they will win yeah I'd agree with that same again really It's there's enough even, even if uh, they're being asked questions that they haven't been asked all year there's enough experience in that side and like we've mentioned PIVAC they can problem solve no worries, and you'd back them to, to get through it.
1: Bonus point. Of,
0: would you say is is on or possible? The thing is, if they're playing well, tries always come.
2: It, it, it does. Well, seem, it thing, seems yeah.
1: to, that seems to be the thing at the minute. When it rains, when the hour mark, yeah. hour mark comes. I think if it, they, they win games. The they're going to win bonus point games, aren't they? Yeah. The
2: way they play. Yeah, I mean, like you said, if they're at the hour mark and they've got a ten point lead, then yeah. the floodgates may very well they,
1: They'd be happy with win. Well, yeah. There we go. So it's uh, too good, too bad. Then in terms of predictions, exactly. And the
2: other prediction is we don't need Andy anymore, do we? No, he's got, he's got a job on his hands. i got a job on my hands to get back in the hot seat. Yeah, well,
1: I wouldn't very, go that far. Very fine debut, Mr James. Very, very, fine, very
2: fine debut.
0: Fine debut. Uh, that's
1: everything for the Welsh Rugby Podcast. As always, you can catch all the latest for the games and the reaction on Wales Online.